0: Um even more niche courses like thirteen week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com/slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis Podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members. To gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, member Edmund Burke shares his path from a non-target school in the Southeast U.S. to breaking into an investment analyst role at a $3 billion family office straight out of undergrad through a church program. Learn why he transitioned out of that role, how he helped add value to a legal firm for their ultra high net worth clients, and then was able to successfully pivot to a venture capital role. Enjoy. All right. I'm in Burke. Thanks so much for joining the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Patrick, thanks for having me on. So it'd be great if you could give the listeners a short summary of your bio.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in the Midwest on a small farm and uh, attended a uh, non-target school in the Southeast. It was medium-sized, not a great business program. Um, Didn't really wanna stay in the Southeast. And so uh, I moved up to the Northeast after I did a fifth year there and uh, landed a analyst position at a multifamily office and transitioned into private wealth management after that. And now I've been at a strategic uh, venture capital firm for about a year now.
0: Very interesting background. So let's go all the way back to kind of your upbringing. Um, you know, you're kind of on a farm. Why go to um, a school in the Southeast from the Midwest?
1: Yeah, so family ties um, from the beginning. Uh, my father, he was, he was a day trader um, while also kind of tending our, our property and my mother was an attorney um but a lot of family ties to this uh to this school in the southeast um actually wanted to go to west point and uh didn't get in and so that was that was kind of my backup Um, got it so had a lot of fun there
0: so you went to school there was did you know you wanted to be in the business program or were you always thinking because your dad does like that day trading stuff did he kind of encourage you to push push you down that path or how did you end up kind of interested in finance
1: Yeah. uh, So having the upbringing that I did uh, with both my parents, I was obviously uh, interested in both policy and finance. So I actually did a dual degree program, two undergraduate degrees, Mm -hmm. uh, one in public policy and the other in finance. Um, And so, yeah, growing up with my parents and my dad kind of talking about the markets, um, that's kind of what drove my interest uh, towards finance.
0: But you did you have like specific internships during during your undergrad that kind of set you up? Or did you know a lot about how to did you know about investment banking? Like or did you know kind of the direction to go? I mean, to to end up in the Northeast at a both at a, you know, a family office seems kind of like a, a tough first job out of school, really. So how did you even, you know, did you, was this something you were targeting to be on the the buy side right away, or were you kind of thinking, Oh, I need to go be a trader or you know, sales and trading desk or I need to go do investment banking. What was the thought process there?
1: Yeah. So actually, I mean, I had no clue. Um, I don't have a lot of finance, uh, family members. Uh, all my family members are, are military or, mm-hmm. or in the legal field. And so I actually, uh, started using Wall Street Oasis in college, uh, to look at kind of the different industries, um, within finance. Uh, like I said, my, my program at my school wasn't the best. Our, our career management center, uh, wasn't the best either so actually, I mean, I had no clue about internships or anything like that. I, I worked at camps and worked on a ranch uh, up in Montana one summer. So I don't regret it. Um, mm-hmm. but through research, um, I kind of knew I wanted to be on the buy side um, in investment banking, uh, but really no practical experience. Um, so I was really looking as far as post grad jobs for things that would just give me a broad exposure um, to all the all the different kind of sectors within finance. So
0: tell me a little bit about how you even so you didn't have you had I think one finance oriented
1: internship, right, during your undergrad? Yeah, exactly. And that was actually the summer after I graduated. So
0: the summer after you graduated you tell me about that. Were you like, I have no job, what's going on? Like what am I doing? Or what was the what was the progress or as you started learning more and thinking, Oh man, I should have had some internships. What did you do as you kind of approached um, graduation in case there's any listeners out there in a similar boat right now, just graduating since we're in in that graduation week.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, The school I went to strong uh, social network, um, especially being in the Southeast. So I leveraged that a lot. Um, Attended a lot of our, actually our MBA um, career events at our school. So met, uh, employers that way um, mm-hmm. but ultimately didn't uh, really want to end up in the southeast and so uh, I actually applied to a program up in the northeast through, through a church um, it was kind of a leadership program um, and that was a year long and that's that's how I landed uh, my first uh, kind of real position in finance
0: were they paying you like right out of school like at that, at that internship
1: yes uh, it was three or four days a week and it was a paid kind of rotational analyst program.
0: How did you kind of pay for, did the parents help right when you graduated for the move up Northeast or did you, were you able to kind of string together enough for food and rent?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting program. Uh, It's, it's through a church. So you actually work for the church a couple of days and then they, they help you land these internships um they're they're all across uh the US and for with different churches. And so I actually lived with with a family uh a church family for for that year which was definitely the weirdest part, you know, being 22 year old guy uh moving to a different city living with family. But That's how that worked.
0: That is odd. Yeah, that's a, I've never heard of that. That's cool. <clears throat> so it's a, it's can kind of be a nice transition out of college though, too. You have a little bit of support. So, especially if you're far away from family. So you you basically um, got up there, they helped you land an internship, and then tell me you know you were only there for what five months or so. Uh,
1: so I, I was promoted actually midway through um, it was a fairly small multifamily office. Uh, it was a year-long rotational program, um, mm-hmm. so Multifamily office. We uh, had several wealthy families um, in the Northeast region, uh, but we also had some institutional clients, some endowments, and pensions. Um, Before
0: going into that, how did you even that you landed that role specifically through the church?
1: Yeah. Uh, so just through uh, some clubs in college, I, I played up my uh, my finance experience with uh, investments and and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I did some study abroad um, over uh, in Europe and focused a lot on uh, economics and played that stuff up. Um, you know, really just selling my experience for more than it was for being honest.
0: <laughs> and that's for the, for to land initial investment analyst role. And so like, did you feel like you were completely lost? Cause you were doing, um, you know, due diligence on alternative investment managers on private credits, right. And, and for this multifamily office, what, Did you feel like were you completely lost in Excel or did you feel like you had just enough to get by?
1: Luckily, I think I had enough, uh, enough basics, um, you know, working three or four days a week. Um, I had time to ramp up. Uh, they understood that I was, you know, in a learning position. Um, but really, I mean, just deep dives on the job as far as hard skills, Excel, uh, different systems and things like that. I go Bloomberg terminals. Uh, it was all just, you know, Staying a little later and kind of studying and and brushing up on things uh, after the office closed.
0: And surprised that was enough. Like, was there anybody there that was helping you out, or was it a really small office?
1: Relatively medium-sized office. We actually had uh, we have several. They had several offices um, across the kind of northeast southeast region. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's some other, other guys that had done this program before me and had stayed on full time afterwards. And so they understood my position and they were, they were a huge resource for me.
0: So like, and what, what would they do? They sit you down and teach you how to model or just like show you how to look at different investment opportunities or how to, look? yeah,
1: a lot of, a lot of, uh, i my go-to guys for questions. Uh, you know, they, uh, encouraged me to, to speak up, you know, if I was lost, not, to not, uh, turn my wheels too much. Um, and so it was, it was a good experience as far as learning kind of on my own, but having those, uh, those guys that I could kind of turn to whenever I was just completely lost.
0: How much of the job was like sourcing deals and how much was like pure execution of like the more senior members were bringing in deals? How, 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 would I think about that?
1: Yeah. So we had a, a, an investment team, um, across two offices. And so that's how we source deals. Mm-hmm. Um, also through, through some of the the families who just had connections in that way. Um, really the benefit of a multifamily office is just being able to pull all that money in together for, for larger buy-ins for different funds. Um, so my personal role role was, um, a lot of, you know, pitch decks and, and things like that, doing, uh, due diligence on managers and, and specific funds and products. Um, so, so it started off of,
0: as part-time, you said like three, four days a week. Yeah did it scale? Like what were your hours like doing eight hour days, 10 hour days? And then when you went full, when did you kind of go full time and do you mind kind of sharing a range of pay of what it was like when you, you know, first job out of school, how that compared to like a banking job?
1: Oh yeah. Hourly um, is probably equivalent to around 50, 60 K a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it ramped up halfway through the year uh, as they uh, kind of gave me a promotion. I started working more hours and uh, they gave more hours to me. But it was a year-long program. Um, I, I thought about staying on afterwards, mm-hmm. um, and we had a lot of discussions about that, but ultimately made the decision that I didn't really want to be a portfolio manager or you know, an advisor to, to wealthy families. So that's, that's how I made my first
0: <laughs> transition. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about that. So you kind of were thinking, hey, I don't want to work in this family office for the rest of my life, be an advisor and or you know, do deals just for them. So what did you start looking into? How how did you kind of think about your next step?
1: So I definitely, I leveraged uh, our, my alternative investments experience Um, thing with the multifamily offices, uh, they, you know, uh, did a lot of risk adjustment. That was kind of their, their main thing, but we're, you know, five, 10% of these families portfolios were in alternatives, whether it was private equity funds or hedge funds, Mm-hmm. So they had a lot of local connections within the area. They were gracious enough to, to introduce me and to give me recs um, to a lot of them. Um, but knowing that it was a year-long internship, I, I definitely scrambled and was interviewing just as much as I could across my city. Um, actually, took when did took kind some of start? out on the West Coast.
0: When did you start doing that? I mean, it sounds like you were there for a little bit over a year. Is that correct?
1: Uh, I mean a year, three, four months, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So, so
0: you knew you kind of, the clock was ticking, right? It's basically. exactly. And so exactly. when did you start kind of actively interviewing and tell me a little bit about that process and what types of firms were you interviewing with and stuff like that?
1: Yeah. So my soft uh, stop date was kind of the beginning of the summer, um, but I, I talked to them and they let me stay on through the summer uh, they had another another intern kind of coming and taking my my role um, in, I think, September or um, October that year. So that was that was my hard deadline. So I, uh, I mean, I started three or four months out of when I anticipated kind of taking a new job. Um, and then luckily they I kind of extended that through the summer um, in order to interview at kind of all the different places.
0: Cool. And so, tell me a little bit about that process. So, you were getting you were getting intros through their network, which was which was helpful. Um, did you know you wanted to go venture capital for sure? Were you interviewing in corp, corporate finance positions? What other stuff were you looking at?
1: So, I knew um, kind of getting out of wealth management was my goal. Definitely was interested in alternative investments. Uh, interested in the private equity space. So, that was what I was gunning for, which was very difficult with uh, my educational background and you know, very low level of experience. And so ended up actually, um, interviewing at Carlisle and some other big name shops, kind of in their internal, uh, fund accounting roles, things like that, just to give me hard skills. Um, looked at some other, uh, hedge funds, things like that, just through the connections with the family office, um, mostly, you know, fund accounting roles and just hard kind of analyst investment analyst roles figured I needed to get more, uh, more experience on my resume. So that's kind of how I went about it, but was focused on the alternative investment space for sure.
0: Got it. So tell me how that, like, what were the interviews like? Were they super tough? Did you feel like it took you a while to ramp up or how were you prepping for those?
1: Online resources, um, honestly, just studying different, different websites um, just really understanding the lingo um, is definitely a part of it. Just doing, you know, your, your basic financial statement analysis questions Um, things like that, things that pertain to alternative investments, um, knowing that lingo was huge. Um, the interviews themselves were probably 60, 70% technical, 30, 40% fit a lot, just depending on the size of the shop.
0: That's right. So tell me like, uh, were there specific, um, firms, not, not you have to name the firms, but specific firms like private equity that you felt like were harder or easier versus like, you know, VC.
1: Uh, so yeah, definitely. I mean, the hedge fund and private equity shops, um, you know, you obviously have to have your tentacles down, but really they just want to see how you think through problems. So, you know, a lot of brain teasers, things like that. They want to see your wit. Um, they want to see that, um, you can be agile in different situations. So, you know, uh, did do some case studies. I interviewed at some other family offices and, and investment roles there um so you know here's so, a portfolio how would you adjust it kind of stuff
0: and so um where did you end up what was your what was that next jump
1: so i actually landed at another kind of advisory firm just for a short couple months um it was uh, i had a offer out in seattle actually mm-hmm. um, but knew i wanted to stay in the city that i'm currently in and so ended up just you know taking taking the one offer that i had um I actually interviewed there a um, couple times, three, three rounds or so. And, uh, when I started uh, the people I interviewed with one of our, my, uh, my boss or the person I was going to be working with had quit like the day before. And so oh, man. I, I walked in to just, just a storm of stuff. Uh, you know, they were asking me to write down, um, how to's, you know, on my, on my first aid, because I would be training the next person that came in. And so it was not a great situation. Uh, so I actually ended up, uh, Cause I interviewed at so many places. Some of those interviews were kind of ongoing while I started that job. And mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, finished up a couple of rounds at some other firms and that's how I ended up kind of an ultra high net worth, uh, advisory. So it paid, paid a lot better.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that. So ultra high net worth, uh, advisory, talk to me a little bit about what that job entailed day to day. Um, when you say pay a lot better, were you getting closer to like 80,000 at this point? Um, or what, when you say pay a lot better, what was the range?
1: You yeah. Know? So it was, it was actually kind of their tax advisory firm. Yep. Um, it, it was a large law firm actually. So it was their, their tax advisory
0: kind of arm
1: of a, a yep. huge uh, kind of top 25 law firm okay. in the U.S. And so, uh, you know, 20 to 30 ultra net worth family clients who have their own family offices um, or even VC funds themselves. And so uh, dealing with a bunch of kind of CPAs and lawyers, they needed a guy that uh, could kind of talk the financial lingo and kind of talk to these family offices and um, basically be a liaison for them. Um, so that's, that's how I landed that role, um, was again, just through being able to speak the language. And some of my back office experience at the, at the multifamily office was a huge plus for them and just knowing different financial systems um, is, is someone that they needed. So
0: like day to day, what would you be doing there?
1: So actually I onboarded a a financial, uh, kind of portfolio management system. Mm. And so these, uh, these attorneys and CPAs, they had to go through the financial advisors in order to get all the investment information. And so doing tax advisory, you have to have the whole picture, um, you know, real estate, life insurance, plus investments and everything in between. And so, you know a lot of times these families have three or four different banks that their money is at. And so um actually onboarded this system to kind of consolidate all that information into one place and actually develop some estate planning models in order to give our clients kind of a live a live picture of what their estate is, how much money their kids would get, you know, depending on the sway of the market. A lot of our clients were, you know, executives in Fortune 20 companies and so a lot of their net worth was tied up in you know single stock which was the company they they were an executive at and so their, their net worth would swing a ton so the yeah. system was was huge for them
0: awesome awesome so um how long did that take you to get set up I and mean, it sounds like were you just like did you actually help decide which one to go forward with and stuff like that or do were you just like they had decided and you just helped implement it to get get everyone connected get everything connected
1: yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the, the ways I landed the job was because I was familiar with the systems that they were working, looking at. Got it. Um, so I did help them, help them decide and do, I did do some contract negotiation because um, yep. it was a FinTech firm that, you know, they, their clients were multifamily offices and, and private wealth firms. and So Got it. a law firm was, was different for them. So.
0: Got it. Cool. Okay. Tell me a little bit about, uh, kind of your next step then. So you were there for a little over a year, correct?
1: Yeah. Uh, Tell so, me about
0: when you started looking, why you were looking, stuff like that. So just people can get a sense of, you know, when they should start looking.
1: Yeah. Uh, so landing at this law firm, I knew, it, you know, it was, it was kind of a temporary move for me. Um, it was, it was more so to get out of the situation that I was in. Um, mm-hmm. The pay was great. Law firms pay hourly. And so I had a great base of, you know, around 80K, but I got paid every time. And so that was, that was huge. Um,
0: nice. Yeah. It's a big difference.
1: Yeah. So knew I wanted to be in the alternative investment space, again, looking at VC firms, PE firms in the area. um, I kind of gave myself an ultimatum that I'd either go back to business school or I'd get a different job. And so luckily I, uh, you know, just passively through recruiters in my city um, and just through different um, kind of industry events, things like that, again, through kind of multifamily office connections, um, just interviewed at places uh, my employer didn't know at the time. And so um, that's kind of how I landed my, my VC analyst role um, started looking. I'm, I was looking probably for four or five months until I t- finally landed it.
0: Did, did you have any other offers along the way that you turned down or was it more like you were just in a lot of discussions with a lot of different types of firms?
1: Yeah. A lot of, again, uh, kind of private wealth management, roles, analyst roles, investment analyst roles, portfolio management. And I, I I turned, I turned those down, um, just because I was in a comfortable position. So I was able to be a little more picky.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You kind of were at a good spot. So you're really looking for something more on like the, the investment side. Exactly. That's fair. So tell me a little bit about, um, the interview process for VC. Did you, was this the only VC kind of fund you, you interviewed at or were there others? What was that like? Was it Were they testing, like, were you investing for direct investment roles or more like the support support analytics roles, you know, uh, portfolio company management type stuff? Um, Can you tell me a little bit about how you kind of positioned yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So they're looking for a pre-MBA kind of associate role. Um, My firm is fairly specific. They're they're strategic investors. So we do direct investments. Um, It being strategic, it's smaller investments mm-hmm. and so they're they're looking for someone uh, with some modeling experience but really kind of a blank slate um, they had some people move internally from kind of their fund management side of the shop to the internal accounting side mm-hmm. so they're looking to fill those positions so really it's just kind of a, a look of the draw the opportunity came up they're looking for someone that they could teach and grow and so came in, uh, you know, did a lot of studying. Honestly, VC wasn't really what I was gunning for. Um, looking for more PE, but in my, in my city, there's just more VC firms. In the That's area. So,
0: and so how did you even, I mean, what, what were the interviews like? Were they like quizzing you on like unit economics cases? Um, and then talk to me a little bit about what it was like when you first started, was it, you know, the most, most of the work portfolio work and the types of analyses you were doing? I think it's interesting to people to hear kind of what that's like
1: yeah definitely so they're a pretty open firm i mean all firms kind of say that they're they're horizontal and not vertical but uh, this firm since they're strategic uh, we do a lot of technology investments so the majority of the firm is actually engineers scientists people that can vet the technology and so their their investment side of the shop is smaller so it's a smaller team so they we're looking for someone that could do pre-deal due diligence, uh, have a basic understanding of, you know, what makes a business tick, what makes a good investment. Mm -hmm. So had a little bit of that just from my private wealth experience, um, kind of knowing what to look for in an investment.
0: Did you have to like prepare, like were you ready to talk about specific deals you had done at the, you know, previous firm, at your previous firms were you ready like did you did you stru- i should say did you structure your resume in such a way that was like the typical investment banking resume where you had like transaction experience and you listed that
1: yeah definitely i mean i i played up my alternative investment experience played right. up my my uh, relationships with kind of the uh, the other funds and other managers that these families had connections with um cool. played that up a ton
0: smart and then so when they would drill you on those you would talk about it as as if you were an investor so like when you got there were you how much of the work were you doing was it like portfolio work getting on the call like doing meetings with portfolio companies or was it more like taking the data that was coming out of the portfolio companies and trying to like you know get it together for for management to review uh
1: so both um the size of my firm they definitely needed both Mm -hmm. Uh, we we have hundreds of portfolio companies, uh, which is a little above average, uh, for your average VC. Yeah. And so they really needed and still really need um, systems. Yeah. Management, um, being able to, to look at the different portfolio companies and their, you know, where they're at and their financing, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but still did some due diligence. I do, um, due diligence currently. Um, but we have a couple of guys that are extremely experienced in that. Um, and so they, they, they lead. Um, So a lot of my role is uh, kind of on the post deal management side of things. How
0: do you think about like your future and the skills you're developing now that you're there?
1: Yeah. So again, as I said earlier, I I was looking at either kind of getting a job that I was actually interested in or Mm -hmm. going and getting my MBA. Um, I never really anticipated being in VC, but as I've been in the industry for about a year now, um, it's definitely grab my attention and it's, it's something that I could consider doing long-term. Um, I get bored easily. And so having different portfolio companies kind of come across your board, um, being able to look at different deal structures and things like that, um, super dynamic and, uh, you're, you're learning something new, uh, every time there's a deal struck.
0: Did you feel like there were certain areas where you were weak or that you needed a lot of work on? And can you just like specify where those were and kind of how you've improved?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, VC is another world. Um, that's honestly one of the reasons I kind of did a, an AMA on Wall Street Oasis. I, there's not a ton of information on VC. Mm-hmm. Um, VC is kind of a, a niche area, depending on the strategy of the firm. Um, so, I mean, public equities, even private equity, things like that. There's tons of information on, um, really easy to talk about. But with venture capital, you're doing cap tables. and um, you know, different capitalization structures, there's a ton of legal speak in there. So the vocabulary um, was definitely super difficult to get my head around. Uh, it's probably the steepest learning curve I've had for any transition, for sure.
0: Yeah, we need to release a venture capital course on Wall Street Oasis at some point, I think we're working on it, <laughs> trying to find the right instructors. Definitely. Um, so if you know anybody, let me know. <laughs> Anyways, um, anything else you'd like to share before, you know, we call it like in terms of, Advice you'd give to people who are kind of in a similar boat? Maybe they are at a non-target. Maybe they're at a they're they're not really sure what their first step should be. Um, kind of looking back and kind of your path. Um, any advice you'd give?
1: Yeah, uh, kind of as a young college student, um, I thought that networking you kind of had to have a purpose. And so I would I would encourage people kind of in that boat to always be networking. Um, I had a professor tell us that uh, strangers have what you want in life. And,
0: uh, I think have, what? What's that?
1: have, have what you want in life. Yeah. Um, you know, and so you have to be willing to, to reach out, um, and, you know, take a coffee chat, um, reach out to people. Don't be afraid. Even if, you know, I've, I've had, uh, you know, jobs come up, opportunities come up six, nine months later, um, from a talk that I had that I just took. Um, so use your yeah. network, build it, keep, you know, an Excel spreadsheet of all your contacts and where they work. Yeah,
0: it's so true. I mean, it's funny. I got an email uh, yesterday from just a random listener of the monkey to millions podcast. You know, I mentor, um, three college students trying to break into careers in finance. And, um, he referenced one of my pieces of advice to grace because she was like, you know, she was networking, but she was networking with like alums and this. And I was like, just network with anybody with a specific background. Like, you don't have to limit yourself, just get scale. And he, he had, written me he's like well this strategy he's like how do you do that because it doesn't feel like there's a connection um he had kind of pressed me on that and and basically i i wrote back this long email saying it doesn't matter if there's a connection you make any sort of weak connection it does not matter a lot of people just like helping younger people so to make if you're shy and and it's even better if you're shy because if you're shy means you have more to work on to get better. So like the more calls you take, the less shy you'll become, the more confident you'll become in telling your story, the better you'll be at interviewing. So there's just so many additional benefits from just building your network. Um, And so I I just was trying to get that across that, you know, let's say you spend an hour every day sending out 50 connection requests. That's like what, 18,000 requests in a year. What, let's say only 3000 of them accept your connection and only 300 of them take a call. That's almost a call every single day. Yeah for a year. So like, if you do that, your network becomes incredibly strong and I can almost guarantee that one of those uh, connections will have a dramatic career impact on you one way or another, whether it's not that year, maybe it's two years down the road, a few years down the road. It's having those, having those connections, having those conversations will teach you so much as well. So something that people like to think, Oh, you know, that's just, it's too aggressive or it's too whatnot. I mean, as long as you're polite, As long as you're respectful of their time and as long as you show a genuine interest of what they're telling you. And you're not just asking these basically memorized questions that you're giving to everybody and you're listening to what they're saying and actually trying to learn about what they what they do, I think um you can have some amazing benefits from that, from putting in that time.
1: Definitely. Reps are huge, just knowing what questions to ask. And, you know, those mentors or people you reach out asking you questions, you you know to anticipate. And uh I mean, I'm I'm in my late 20s. I feel bad for the guys before me that didn't have LinkedIn and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's too easy nowadays. I mean, look oh, at someone's profile, look up where they work because there's probably a profile there. Pick out one thing that you can you know share an interest with, and include that in a cold email, um, and and you if know, you spread a wide net,
0: yeah, and if you can't find anything that's a common interest, um, then you could at least talk about how you're working toward. A career in investment and whatever investment management, investment banking, private equity, hedge funds, and you're really interested to learn more. And just if if you're having these conversations when you're not actually asking for anything, when you're not trying to get an internship, especially when you already land an internship, it's even more powerful because then you can say to them, "Actually, I already have an internship lined up for December, but I'm just really curious about you know your role and what you do." Therefore, there's like it takes it off the table that you're you're trying to get something. And Understand. People sometimes just wait till when they need something to network, and that's it's almost too late.
1: (laughs) Do your Do your research. Find what specifically you want to do. Because if you just reach out and say, "Oh, I'm interested in investment banking," you know that doesn't really do much. But if you find someone that's in an industry, you know, within investment banking or or whatever it is, find something specific. Um, I mean, people love to talk about themselves and and focus on that. I've had calls, you know, industries that I'm potentially interested in years down the road, and I've, I've kind of looked up experts in the industry and. I have a great job now, but I, I, I've called them up and just asked them to tell me more about what they do. And people are so willing to do that. So definitely encourage people to just reach out, whether they have a purpose or not.
0: Because yeah, I think intellectual curiosity oftentimes is a great measure of somebody will be a good employee. So when they they hear you're curious and then you actually sound genuine on the phone, sometimes you end up sticking in their mind when a position comes up.
1: Yeah. Who knows? Two years later, you know, you could be interviewing at that phone.
0: Exactly. So anyways, long rant there, but uh, I figured it was, it was uh, relevant since I just got that, just got that email. But anyways, Edmund Burke, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, share your wisdom today with all the listeners.
1: Patrick, thanks for having me. It's been great.
0: And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.